One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunnar Wardner, and in this episode, I am joined by author, content creator, blogger, jewellery designer, and my own personal dating coach, <clears throat> Estée Lalonde. Now, this episode was a risky one to record, and I'll tell you for why. Now, it's not as though Estée and I haven't been in the same room at the same time before, because we actually have. It's just that we've never really had a proper conversation or hung out. Yet, we have a lot of mutual friends and not just acquaintances, but we we share people who we both hold incredibly dear to our hearts. And when you sort of skirt around someone in this way for a while, you begin, or at least I do, to think, well, maybe it's for the best. Maybe we, maybe we shouldn't meet. What if we don't get on? Because it would be so bad if we did hang out and didn't like each other. So what you're about to hear is us meeting really properly, like really properly for the first time in the flesh. And I'll let you judge how it went, but I definitely fell in love with this girl during this chat, which happily spilled over into a very excellent conversation over flat whites, porridge and WhatsApp. (laughs) As you'd expect, the conversation ricochets from one topic to another. We talk about friendships, staying sane on social media, leaning into life and saying yes to things and trying not to let fear drive your decision making. We talk sex, relationships, feeling confident in your own skin and a whole lot more. It really is a jam-packed conversation. Obviously, links to everything discussed will be in the show notes, which can be found wherever you are streaming and downloading this podcast. But for now, making her first... Oh gosh, I should mention as well. Estée also has a podcast. We talk about it in the show. On the line with Estée Lalonde. Definitely worth checking out. Links will be in the show notes. But making her first, but hopefully not last appearance on The Emma Gunn Show. Here she is, Estée Lalonde. Cool. So... This is sort of bonkers because I feel like you and I should have met a million times. It's very weird that we have not. Isn't it? Yes. Like to the point where it's become like a sort of like... Do we, it's like an elephant what? in the room. It's yes. like, wait, you, you haven't met? We have so many friends in common. We do. And not just acquaintances, but like good friends. Yes. And yet our paths have never crossed. So listeners... I'm joined by Estée Lalonde, as you know, because I've done a glowing introduction. <laughs> but this is our actual first time face-to-face, properly. Yeah. And even when I saw you, I was like, oh, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I know me too. I was like, oh, it's, it's so weird. Social media is so bonkers. For it is. And every time I'm like around our mutual friends, you're all we talk about. <laughs> it's hard to stray from the subject. Well, it's the same. Like, if I hang out with Jules, you will always come up. I, when I hang out with Amy, you always come up. So I just think this is perfect. I, I, but I'm sort of, I'm really excited, but also a bit terrified because it, it could go one of both ways, couldn't it? Well, there's so much pressure around there our potential friendship here. Mm. And if this goes bad. I know. But I, what I love about it is that we've communicated on social media platforms to the point where you actually very kindly sent me some of your daisy jewelry. Yeah. And then I thought, this is really ridiculous. I should have bought you a thank you card. Oh, no, I? absolutely not. If you need more jewelry, let me know. <laughs> um, we will get onto that later because obviously there are so many things to talk about with you. But I guess because I do know you 
until now, literally, via social media. I really wanted to chat to you about social media today and how one navigates it. Well, because I think it's a good metaphor for life. Sure. <laughs> like, you are at that level now where as much as you have people who are very supportive and who champion you, with that, unfortunately, once you reach a certain level comes a certain amount of negativity or criticism. Yeah. That's tough. It is tough. I always find the concept of, like, you know, championing the underdog for a certain amount of time until they become successful and then dragging them down. I find that really interesting. Mm. Because I felt like the underdog for so long and for so many years. I was always like, I don't know, I always just felt a little less than my peers for such a long time in the beginning. And on social, like, yeah, on social media, I was like, oh, I'm never going to, I'm never going to gain this type of success. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to get to do that. And everybody's doing cool things and I'm never going to get to do that. That was like kind of what was going on in my head back in the day, like years ago. Mm. And I always felt like everybody was like, Estee, like you're the underdogs. You've got this, you've got this. And then eventually when really cool opportunities started coming up and I started getting more negativity, I was like, whoa, Mm. that's new. Yeah. But I guess weirdly I'm used to it. It's not, it's not awful though. Like my audience is honestly very, very supportive of Mm, everything I do. mm. And especially because I've gone through so many big changes and we all know that change on the internet is not the best. (laughs) You know, people don't love change. Well, when the interfaces change on social media platforms, I love it because for about 72 hours, people are just like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And then they just get used to it. And then you don't hear anything about it. Which, and I do, I do, I mean, I am somebody who can be very quick to react, but if I catch myself, I will, I will say sleep on it. Yeah. You just have to. You do. And I think as well, going through all these changes and, and getting some negativity and getting lots of love as well, it's made me kind of realize that, you know, all these people on social media, and I already knew this, obviously, but they're all just regular people Mm. just trying to go through their day to day. Yeah. You know? Has it, because I feel like it has with me a little bit, has it added a level of importance to your actual friendships that are offline? Absolutely. And for a really long time, I didn't have that many, like, I didn't really nurture my friendships for a really long time, I felt like, Um, especially in my early 20s, because I just moved to the UK. I kind of lost all my friends from Canada and I was kind of starting over. Mm. So that took me a really long time to kind of build this really secure friendship group. Um, and I didn't put that much effort into it, honestly. And then the past couple of years, it's just become honestly one of my number one priorities Mm. is my personal friendships. Just exactly what you're saying, because the internet is so intense that Mm. if you don't, or if I don't have those personal relationships, I just find myself spiraling out of control. And it's like, what's real and what's not and what matters and what doesn't like, it it is really hard to kind of navigate, but yeah. Because you and I are both single, and I've had a lot of messages from people saying, please, can you get women on to talk about what it's like to be single? I'm in my early 40s, you're in your late 20s. So we're kind of coming at it like we check different boxes on that. And my mom's single too, and she's in her late 50s. And and I feel like all I ever talk about is being single. All my friends are single, well, pretty much. Uh, That's all we talk about. It's it's fun. <laughs> Do you like being single? I really like it, but but I I didn't used to, but I do now. Yeah. Because I thought that I was single because I had been rejected or because I wasn't attractive or because I, I was a complete feeling. dickhead and yeah. anyone who ever went on a date with me thought I was like not worth 
spending any time with. Yeah. And then, um, which may be true, I don't know. But um, I feel that now I didn't know how to be by myself previously. Well, that is so much of it. And I mean, I, I'm at this stage now where I would love to meet someone. I really would. Um, but equally, being on my own is just very satisfying to me as well. Mm. Um, so that feels nice. Yeah. But I, I honestly, I feel like I could be single for the rest of my life. I feel that way right now. <laughs> but I, I hope I'm not. I always say that. I was like, I hope I'm not. But if, I, if somebody was like, you're going to be single for the next five years, I wouldn't be freaked out by that. Mm. And that's a very new feeling. Oh, really? Like the, this year, I've realized that, yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the shift? What's the change? Well, I think because I was going on so many dates in the beginning of my single life and just nothing was working and it was just exactly what you said, like dealing with this rejection and is it me? Is it not me? Like, mm. all, it's such a, like, a, can I say head fuck? It's, okay. it's such a head fuck. And then you eventually just get to the point where you are doing so much self-reflection, so much work on yourself, mm. and I'm really busy anyway. It's like, actually, you know what? Being by myself isn't that bad. Mm. It's fun. And I do have such great friends, mm. and it's cool. It's cool. But I would I would love mostly just to have someone to do stuff with. Yeah, yeah. And I want somebody to say I'm pretty on the regular. <laughs> I want a regular complimenter. A regular complimenter. Yeah, I'm a Leo, so like... Oh, what's your birthday? <laughs> August 17th. August, that's a good date. It's a good date. I was watching The Royal Housewives of Beverly Hills the other day and Denise Richards' husband, I don't know if you watch it. I do. But he was like, if you add one and seven together, it's eight and that's infinity. <laughs> and my friend texted me and just went, he's so fit, but oh my God, he's a numerologist. <laughs> I'm actually, I was just thinking, I'm going to write that down and use that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so uh, complete segue into that. How, so are you into numerology? Not really, but I feel like I need to be. <laughs> um, do you have something that you have done? Because I do feel like when you suddenly find yourself confronted with a lot of time by yourself, when it happened to me, I um, wallowed. Huh. But then I started to sort of find these little life rafts and that might be like someone like Jen Sincero's self-help book or meditating or something yes. like that. And it's all of those things combined and they're sort of little things have created this thing, this space where I feel very comfortable in yeah. my own skin and in my own, I don't need someone to come around. <laughs> that's so accurate and I've never really heard it being put as life raft before, but that's so true because I didn't have any life rafts when I first became single. I, I was really dependent mm. on my ex-partner and I was really, I felt really naive even though, even though I was like 27. I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like a baby, if that mm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when I became single and I moved into my flat and I had nothing, literally there was nothing in my apartment except boxes. I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I was like, I ha I'd had nothing to cling on to. Mm. So for a while, I turned to booze. Still loving it. Hey, no judgment from this girl. I'm leaning back in my chair because I still smell like tequila. <laughs> so that was one thing. But no, in all seriousness, the things that really helped me get a sense of self, yoga. Interesting. Yoga saved my life. I know it sounds dramatic, but yoga saved my life. Okay, let's, do, let's drill down into okay. that. Um, yoga saved my life and baths. I love baths. That's a life raft, life raft for me. Reading is huge. Um, 
I read so much. I love reading. That has helped me a lot too. Netflix, weirdly, <laughs> love that. That helps me sometimes. What's your what are the shows that you like on Netflix? Oh god, there's so many. I don't even want to get into it. I've seen everything on Netflix. <laughs> it's actually sick. I like escapism a lot. Me too. Me too. So I do that and and honestly just like hanging out with my friends and the, yeah, all that stuff. Going to galleries. I love going to museums. Oh. Yeah, that helps me a lot. I like to write. So these are all things that I feel like I wasn't doing before. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the thing is that you suddenly f- realize you have room in your life for mm-hmm. a lot. And I remember I used to get, I used to wake up in the morning and think I've got to do these three things. And then panic would set in, particularly when anxiety was incredibly bad. And getting through one of those things seemed Herculean and I'd need a nap afterwards. And when you are self-employed and work from home, you nap. You, you nap. <laughs> you take that nap. Um, but now... I almost astound myself with how quickly I can get through a to-do list. And it's just changing your, your yeah. attitude and thinking, well, this is, yeah, this is going to be fine. Whereas I used to look at a to-do list and go, <gasps> I don't know how I'm going to fit it all in. Yeah. And then as soon as you relax, it just sort of feels like. And also it's interesting because in my previous life, I feel like I, I also had space and time to do all of these things. Yeah. But I didn't realize how much I needed it. And also now going forward, if I ever do like get into a new relationship, I just want to keep all these life rafts mm. that make me feel like me. So, you know, being single, back to that, it's a huge learning experience. Mm. And I and I do think as well, as much as, I mean, you said that you were quite like a relationship. I do think that I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in to have one because I have, because I know what makes me tick. For, Whereas in, sure. in the past, I think I was looking for somebody else to, I definitely was looking for somebody else to complete me. Oh, Yeah. My first, my first boyfriend was like the best looking, most gregarious, funnest guy and everyone loved him. And I just assumed, well, if I'm his girlfriend, then everyone will love me too. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of like a really ridiculous shortcut to being popular. But yeah. that was, but I, I won't do that anymore. Great. Now, you said about um, being dependent. And I'm just curious about that because you obviously run your own business. You're self-made. Have you leaned into being... I don't know if you like this expression. I know it is uh, divisive about being a girl boss because you do like the buck stops with you. You make it happen and you don't have to answer to anyone financially or well, I don't know your circumstances specifically, I'm guessing. Um, (laughs) So I'm wondering whether that was something that you learned to lean into as well. I really, yeah, I focused a lot on work and I also did a lot of reflecting on what I've actually achieved. Um, Especially when you do start dating because it's like you go on a date and it's like, what do you do? And it's like, well, I made this. And it can be a little intimidating and it can also be a little freaky for people. And it's just, yeah. What do you say? Because people say to me sometimes, what do you do? And depending on who's asking, I just, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't play it down, but I don't big it up, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I like that. So I just usually say, like, oh, well, I make content on the internet and I make Instagram stuff. And usually the people I'm dating, like, get it anyway. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's like one quick Google away and they see my life. And how does that feel? Um, Because it is somebody can get or somebody is able to draw a picture of what they perceive your life to be like. Yeah. Quite a complete picture. For sure. But also, I always, if I'm dating someone and I actually like them, I will not let them follow me. (laughs) I block them. I I don't block them, but I'm just like, don't follow me, don't look at it. 
the way I look at it is like, I don't see you at work, so I don't want you to see me at work. I like that. That's the way I look at it. And if somebody can't get that, then I instantly know like this is not, not going to work. Wow. Yeah. That's a really good way of doing it, though. That's my thing. I don't go into their office and see what they're up to. (laughs) Like, I know my job is really fun, Mm -hmm. and you can see me, like, doing cute things and fun things, but, like, that's my job. So maybe we can just text, and I'll send you a couple pictures, but (laughs) you don't need to be looking at my stories every day. No, that's so true, actually. Oh, gosh, now I'm really reevaluating all of my friendships. (laughs) Should I be following my friends on Instagram? Well, friends is different because mm. I think with friends, it's like they know the real you, they know the internet you, they know all the sides of you. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with a, like somebody I'm dating, I just think early days, like let's not let that shape their opinion of me. Yes. Maybe down the line. I mean, I've never gotten that far on in relationship recently, <laughs> but maybe down the line, you know, it, they, I'll let them follow me, but probably not. I do. I must admit, I, I think I might, I always give the caveat of, oh, you know, just don't, it's, it's work. Yeah. But it's not. I mean, there's a lot of me in there. Exactly. It's, it's a weird work-life, work-life thing. But I just think if there's something that's really life stuff, I'll text it to them. Mm. Going back to the yoga thing really quickly. Yeah. Had, were, you yo- were you a yogury type person before? Absolutely not. It seemed like a far off distant world to me. What got you on the mat for the first time? I was really depressed. I was really anxious. And I was honestly in one of the worst places of my life. And there's a girl, Yoga with Adrian. I don't know if you know her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Regular listeners will know. I've said that woman's name on this podcast okay. more than I've said my own. Well, I just also want to say Adrian's a friend of mine. And she is literally... <laughs> Whoa. We've got a fangirl situation. It's just I laugh because I realized what my face did and I realized (laughs) that you saw that completely. No, she's a friend of mine and she's honestly the one of the best people I've ever met, hands down, in the world of all time. I love her. I agree. So anyway, and I'm not just saying this because she changed my life with yoga. In general, she's great. Anyway, so then she was doing this 30-day challenge. It was in January. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to do something because I'm going to either spiral down the very dark path of bad things mm-hmm. or I'm going to try to do this positively. And when I when I started doing these these videos with her I was like, "Oh god, this is not for me. This is not for me." But then she was would say things like, you know, "Thank yourself for taking this time for you" and mm-hmm. like all this stuff and things just started clicking for me and I started seeing yoga as a real time just for me and like from this meditation because I can't meditate, mm. but I find yoga really meditated. Med, I can't say the word meditative. Meditative, mm-hmm. um, and I find it's just great for my body. And I love the idea of making space in your brain and your body. Yeah. And so I did that month long yoga thing, which gave me courage to eventually go to a real yoga class. Actually, Jules took me to my first yoga was, class. When I first asked the question, I was going to say, was it Jules that got you on the mat? Yep, he took me to my first class, and it was a Yin yoga class. It was very calming. It was 90 minutes, and I went in thinking, how am I going to stand 90 minutes of this? And it was the best 90 minutes of my life. So I have to thank Adrian, and I have to thank Jules. Mm. And now I do yoga four or five times a week. Really? Yeah. And I, if I don't do it, I'm a nightmare. Like tonight, I've already, I'm like waiting for my hot yoga tonight. I'm like, <laughs> oh, many more hours. What, what do you – is it just something that uh, – okay. 
because I know that we've talked about this on the podcast a lot. I know some listeners try to get into it and struggle. I'm the same. I kind of go through fits and starts. When you did the 30 Days with Adrian, which you can find on her YouTube channel, and the links will be in the show notes, um, was there a threshold? Was it tough for a bit and then did it suddenly ease in? Would you say to somebody who maybe feels like it's not working that stick with it for X amount of time? Well, the... The thing that I love so much about yoga is you don't have to have a certain type of body. You don't have to have a certain type of level of flexibility or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And that was something that I just didn't understand beforehand. And I also really learned that some days you're just not going to be in the mood for it. And I really appreciated when Adrian would say things like, just do what you feel is possible. Child's pose is always there Mm -hmm. for you. And honestly, some days I would literally just lay on the mat in child's pose for like the whole 30 minutes because I was just like (laughs) not there. Yeah, But, um... I what I really liked about it is that my your you can learn a lot about your life off the mat while you're on the mat. So you can see Detail. Yeah, you 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 can kind of see where your head is. Like if mm. I go to a class and I have a really strong class, I'm like, yeah, I it's cuz I'm feeling good. And if if I don't, it's like, well, that's okay because I'm feeling a little unbalanced here and unbalanced mm. there and I just I don't know, I'm so I'm so grateful for yoga. And I'm not even really like that good at it and I say that in quotations because what is good yoga, but you know, I'm not like, I'm not like an advanced yogi. Mm. I just really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes get despondent because I look at Adrian and she's long and lean. <laughs> and when she sits with her legs crossed, it's not like how I look when oh, I sit with my legs crossed. Same, same, same. <laughs> so right. yeah. And I think like she's uh, even, I think there was one where, one video she did where she was talking about when you see someone out in the real world and they're being angsty, just be like, peace out, man, namaste, live yeah. your life. And I thought sometimes I, I, it was one of those things where, as you say, she sometimes says these things and they really stick. Yeah. And it made me realize I sometimes go out into the world and I'm already tense because I'm anticipating people being moody or or busy or not giving way or, you know, just being, you know what it's like traveling yeah. around London. And now I just go, well, that's, I don't have to worry about that. I can, I, can, I can wait for two seconds and let that person barge in front of me. It's okay. Yeah, I'm trying to be more like that. It's t- it's tough. Well, my name's Este, and a lot of my <laughs> friends joke and they say Namaste, <laughs> Namaste. Like if I'm anyway, I'm trying if to make you, that stick, but it's only like two people who say that to me. That's its own. That's its own business. I know. Trademark. I want to. I want a T-shirt that says Namaste. Like I think it's really funny. <laughs> Like, I'm genuinely really going to push you in this direction. Okay. Like you need to turn this. We need we need yoga wear, <laughs> affordable yoga gear. My agents listening to this, like, how could you say that <laughs> on this podcast? We haven't trademarked it. No, it's a really it's a really good idea. You should. And I do think that the, the spiritual practice, whatever that might be. Yeah, I think. Um, and Adam Reed came on the show recently, and he was talking about he doesn't care if it's a placebo. Like he's into crystals. And, I agree with that. Yeah, if it just makes you feel I 100% agree with that Mm. I don't care if crystals work I don't want to hear from the scientists I don't want to hear any of that stuff I like them Mm -hmm. and it makes me focus on positive things and that's how I look at crystals yeah I feel the same way about Arnold Schwarzenegger he's my totem and I know (laughs) some no I know Arnold Schwarzenegger was a skinny, poor Austrian boy with no running water, and he became the strongest man in the world and the highest-paid star in Hollywood, and he married into the Kennedys. Anything is possible. Okay. 
So he's a totem. He's my rose quartz. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I will get him on the show one day and I'll tell him that. I'm sure you will. Um, So, yes. So what I'm interested in, if if you're happy to go here, is to talk about when you are deep and down, you mentioned anxiety and you mentioned depression. And girl, I can relate. Yeah. (laughs) And you talked about like going down a dark path. And I think speaking from my own experience mine is just isolating myself and not looking after myself Mm. but I now feel although I don't feel like it's linear I still have some crappy days last night for example I got to five o'clock and I was like you feeling antsy what's going on here what's what's the issue and in the end I just listened to music made myself a tequila (laughs) a, a, a margarita but whereas another day it might be that I get on the mat it depends where my head's at it might be that I go for a run I think I just needed to just let off some steam yesterday, which is why 70s rock and margarita really helped. So I'm curious, in addition to yoga, if you were to be able to go back in time and see Este in the darkness, yeah, what would you say? What, what life rafts would you hand her? God, it's so hard to say, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you really have to be in a place of willingness. Mm-hmm. And when exactly like what you said, if I'm really low, I don't want anything. I don't want advice. I don't want somebody to help me. I want to eat everything in sight. And it's just a spiral of binging on negative things until I stop. Mm -hmm. I literally can't force anything about it. So actually, I'm kind of happy with the way things have turned out because I think I've done it in a nice, slow way. Um, I think I would also just say, you have too much stuff. Like, this whole Marie Kondo thing is, like, a bit excessive and extreme mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. But I just, I feel so, I get so suffocated by things. Mm. And especially in my job, it's hard because I'm being sent stuff all the time. Mm-mm. It's something I've been talking about a lot, but it's, like, I just want to have one makeup bag. I just want to have one makeup bag and, like, one reel of clothes. Mm. Yes. Yes, well, I did the wardrobe clear out last year as part of 26 Habits. And genuinely, every single day, life is better for having done that because the simplicity right what do you wear every day black t-shirt white t-shirt or a gray t-shirt slash jumper depending on the season what what do you wear on the bottom blue jeans black jeans get rid of everything else I know now when I go to my wardrobe it's like having clueless it's just like that goes with that boom <laughs> it takes no time at all the mental clarity and space it gives me is just the greatest thing absolutely and another thing I'm really trying to work on is like stop like I eat a lot of junk food and I don't cook that's my next thing. But honestly, it's not happening until my renovation is over because I am redoing my kitchen. And in my head, I can't start anything to do with cooking until I get all new cutlery, all new pots and pans. Like I just, that's how I work. So it's like, I don't even want to learn until I have that new countertop. Um, how, uh, how excited do you get in homeware stores? Oh my God. I freaking <laughs> love it. And also, I've been living in my flat for over like a, like a year now, and I've always known I've wanted to redo it. So I've felt like I've been living in this place that isn't even mine. Mm. So now that I'm finally redoing it, that feels like a great step in the right direction. And, uh, well, to talk about cutlery, cook, you, I, Louise has said that you're not a great cook. That's really funny Louise that she's telling people that. 
Well, on your podcast. <laughs> oh, on my podcast, yeah. She yeah. wouldn't, God, can you imagine if she said like that to me privately? sitting around talking about how I'm really bad at cooking. Estee's great, but she can't cook. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, she mentioned it on your podcast. Right. I think you might have brought it up first. Yeah. But um, I think we need to go to cookery classes. I don't want to do that. No, why? <laughs> cooking stresses me out. Oh, see, that's very interesting. I find the methodical cutting of vegetables and preparing oh my god your face i'm rolling my eyes i find that really calming i want to find it calming but i don't and i think it's because my mom doesn't cook my mom never cooked oh yeah okay i just i'm a monkey see monkey do person i'm not very good if i read a book it takes it takes me like academic books when i was a kid i used to really struggle to absorb the information i could um, memorize it and then say it back to you but I couldn't actually interpret it right whereas if you show me a cookery program I'll be able to watch it once and then go away and oh recreate God. the entire thing wow not me yeah so I, I guess it just speaks to that side of my brain that's stronger than the other it's one it's weird to understand your own brain I really want to do that Myers-Briggs thing oh what's that the personality like questionnaire thing it's like a thing you can do online it's like all <gasps> these questions about your Personality. You know when people say they're like an IJDH. Am I speaking another language right now? Yes, but I love it. Okay, so you. I haven't done it yet. It t- I think it takes a little bit of time. But it's like if you were in a group of people and you saw somebody that you knew and didn't like, what would you do? A, B, C, or D? I think. I mean, I totally made up that question. It's nothing like that. But <laughs> you answer questions. <laughs> I did um, an aptitude test at school, and it was called Morris B. I think. I think. And it was to find out what your best suited profession was. Oh. And mine mine came out as, I, I really tried to skew it. It was like, how would you feel about performing music in public? And I was like, yes, 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 yes. But it came out that like prison warden or social worker, wow. which are very amazing um, yeah. jobs, by the way. My but- aunt is a prison warden. Is she? Yeah. Oh, the stories. You don't want to know. Well, I kind of do. <laughs> Christmas at my place in Canada, like at my mom's, is just it's a lot to take in for various reasons. But do you have a big family? I don't, but I have I have an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> like for real. That's so. Good. I actually always think that I'm like, if I ever actually do get a boyfriend and I like take him home, like I'm gonna have to go through that whole thing again. <laughs> Like, this is my Uncle Skip. This is, you know what I mean? <laughs> See, I have a very small family, so it would just be, when I, if I take someone home, it's just six eyes just staring, which which seems almost cruel. Just like, just do it by FaceTime. Just saying nothing? Just staring? No, obviously. I mean, my parents are entertaining people at the moment who we've known for absolutely donkey's years, and I... FaceTime them yesterday, and they <laughs> they were like, "We've been listening to all your podcasts. <laughs> like, please stop playing these poor people sitting in a living room just playing my podcast. That's just so weird. Talk to each other, please talk." Yes, and now following me on like, oh, she's put something on social media, but that's what that that's what having fan family does, I guess. Family fans. Speaking yeah. of podcasts, you've got a great one. Thank you very much. I have a podcast. Can I promote it here? Of course. It's called On the Line with Estée Lalonde. I enjoy it. Podcasting, as you know, takes a lot out of your day in life. Mm-hmm. You know, arranging the interviews yeah. and prepping for the interviews and then editing them. We, we were saying we both edit them ourselves. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. But I love podcasts. 
Where, why and when did you decide to just be like, right, I have to do this? Because well, you already have so much going on. Mm, well, I had another podcast before this. It was called The Heart of It. Mm. And I worked with a great team called Radio Wolfgang. And they they were awesome. So we, we did that show. And um, anyway, I just decided to do a different show, long story short. And I just think I enjoy I love talking to people so much. Mm. And I was like, this is a way to really show people's personalities and get down to certain mm. subjects. And I was like, I think I want to do that. Yeah. And also, like, I I like being in front of the camera, but also, like, I kind of don't sometimes. So There's a freedom. There's a freedom. I get, I don't know about you, and it's probably just me being really awful, but if, if I'm doing a podcast, like recently I was doing a podcast with um, somebody and their team were in the room and I was having this really great conversation and at the end, they were like, oh, look, these are all the pictures that we took and put on social. And I was like, oh, oh I kind of wish you hadn't been doing that. Yeah. I don't know why. I feel that. I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. But you also definitely really curate the topics and content really well. I'm glad you think that because it's honestly just like winging it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. No, I don't really think of, and that's the th- case with everything in my life. I don't think about anything I actually do. I just do it because it's like convenient <laughs> and it feels right. <laughs> but that's really interesting to me because the, looking at your content and as somebody who doesn't have nearly as much output as you do, I know how much work goes into like one single Instagram post yeah. or how much work goes into getting a podcast recording or like the editing, all of that. Yeah. So that's actually really interesting to me that it's kind of a bit more on instinct because I know content creators who are so methodical and I see their content plans for like months in advance. Oh my and I'm God. like, dude, I want to be inside your brain. I don't live like that. Mm-mm. And there's and each the thing I have to keep reminding myself. I don't know if you're the same. Is just no way is the right way. Yeah, exactly. And everybody works so so differently. Mm. Like I have tried that method and bullet journaling and all mm. this stuff, and it's like that's not me. Mm. I'm a little chaotic, <laughs> like a lot chaotic. Like my I I can't just do one. Th- I'm doing twenty things at one time. None of them that well. <laughs> Like, I started cleaning my flat this morning before I came here, and when I left, I just looked around just to, like, make sure my dog was inside and the whole thing, and I was like, this does not look like I've been cleaning for three <laughs> hours. I've just been, like, moving things around, but that's just, like, that's just how I work, and that's how I, I like it like that. It keeps things interesting. So I'm going to move the business idea forward. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> colon. A little bit chaotic. A lot chaotic. A lot chaotic. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I... I get stuff done, but I don't really like people seeing the process because oh God, it no. doesn't look great. No. Even my assistant, like she, she's my new, my newer assistant. She's been with me for like a, just a little over three months now. And sometimes I think, God, you, you, like before you worked with me, you probably thought I had my shit together a little bit. <laughs> and now that she's like in my space every day, I just, like, I don't even want to know what's going through her head. Because mm. she comes over in the morning and I'm half naked I'm like running around I'm on the phone I'm dealing with my contractor like I'm not I'm not all there (laughs) (laughs) you're not present I'm not present at all (laughs) how long have you had you said that she's been with you a little over three months how long have you had an assistant of sorts oh maybe three or four years and that's very interesting to me because 
you like you clearly like to do everything you like to edit the podcast yes. and all of that kind of stuff which is a job that could be easily delegated I can't <laughs> me either <laughs> when did you know that right this is now the right thing to do I now need to actually offload some of this to somebody else in order for me to maximize and move forward with other bigger things potentially it just really honestly felt like the right time but then my I had an assistant for two years her name was Sophie and she you know she I was doing so much traveling and it was just both time for us to move on and do different things and I love her so much um anyway and then I didn't have an assistant for like six months and I was like I can do this by myself like I don't even want an assistant like Mm. I can do this and one day I was in New York and it was a it was a Thursday because I spent a lot of time in New York and I was fully having a mental breakdown, like literal breakdown. And I called my manager and I was like, I, I need an assistant. I can't do this. Like mm. deadlines and uploading. And I just, I can't, I'm one person. Yeah. So I, I said to him, I need to hire somebody. And he, I was like, can you please get some names together? Anyway, got some names together. I flew home Friday morning, Friday night. I had dinner with Anna, my current assistant, hired her and she started on Monday. <laughs> and it's like, that's what it takes for me. I really have to push myself to the brink mm-hmm. to come back. And that's how I am with everything. That's how I am with my anxiety. That's how I am with my depression. It's like pushing it right to the end when you mm-hmm. really can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, I should probably do something about this. I really need to catch that stuff a little bit sooner. Yes, I am. I've been wildly gesticulating without making any noise. I'm exactly the same. It has to get to... It has to get bad in order for me to be able to pull it back. And even I remember seeing my therapist once and talking about tidying my flat. And I said, it's not that I'm dirty because I'm not dirty, but like I will let it get very untidy. And then I will clean it and it will look immaculate like a show home. And, and it will literally, no <laughs> surface left untouched. Yeah, yeah. Clean. Shaken back all over the place. <gasps> oh, yeah. I'm like that too. God, we're the same. And um, <laughs> now, but what I've noticed is on the road to recovery and like definitely feeling better and stronger, I now don't let it get chaotic. So I, if I go into my office and I think, right, that's... That's messing with my brain now. I need it. To, I need to make sure that everything's in a straight line. I will do that before I do anything else. Whereas before, I'd just be so panicked. About, I've got to reply to that email that I wouldn't realize that actually taking five minutes to just sort out my desk and put pens back in the pen pot will make a difference to my productivity from the second I sit down. And it's even little things like, you know, I had to pay a couple of bills at the beginning of last week and I just put it off and put it off and put mm. it off and it was weighing on my head and I was like, just... I don't know why I don't just take the five minutes and do it Mm. instead of letting things get to me like that. I almost have to like work up to things. Mm -hmm. It's very weird. But, and I do think, I do think it's something that I'm definitely building on, but I do think it comes from being a kid and getting your homework at home on a Friday and doing it on a Sunday evening. Oh yeah. I, I don't, I, I definitely work under pressure and I work, I've worked on magazines where some of my colleagues have been the people who just get things done straight away. Like they do an interview, they come back, transcribe that interview immediately and write it up. So whatever, whereas I'll sit on a tape for months. I was just going to say, I, that made me think of something. I saw this like meme on the internet where it was like, if you get back from holiday and unpack your suitcase immediately, you are a psycho or something <laughs> like that. And that's the one thing I will do straight away. Me too. That's the one thing I cannot let go. It's like as soon as I get home, unzip that suitcase, put the laundry in and start putting everything away. And put the suitcase away. Put the suitcase of- away. Also, before you leave, do you put fresh bed clothes on your bed? Because I do. Yep. I clean my entire apartment. Mm-hmm. 
I put my pajamas on the bed exactly because I know I'm going to want to come home and have a shower and get in my pajamas mm-hmm. and sleep. Mm. It's, it's, I always, uh, when I went to Sarah Powell's wedding, bringing it back to Jules again, Jules was laughing because I had said, well, before I got ready for Sarah's wedding, I changed my bed sheets, but like spritzed it with like lavender and yeah. chamomile and everything for future Emma. And it's like, <laughs> thank you for once. You've done yourself a favor. He was like, babes, don't even know if I've got clean pants for the morning. <laughs> That's funny. But um, yeah, I do think that they're little things, again, they don't affect anybody else, but they're the little things that you can do, whether it's on a slightly different scale, whether it's cleaning out your handbag every night, like literally tipping it up and putting everything in so that when you pick it up the next morning, it will feel different, mm-hmm. definitely. Or like cleaning out your wallet. It's weird though, like I can, I'll do that stuff for like a couple of days and then I'll just spiral out of control yeah. again. And it's, it, that's what's so hard about being alive <laughs> is it just doesn't stop. It's like every day there's something else. And it's like, I didn't I just do that yesterday. Oh yeah, I have to do that again. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, Yes, repetition. I worked in an office for years and I, there was always a low level of like, I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy about this. Something doesn't feel right. And the thing that didn't feel right was doing the same thing every day. Yeah. So now being freelance where, and I know some people might be listening and saying, yeah, well, we've got bills to pay. I completely appreciate that. I did it. It's just for me, I think I just, I don't know whether it's because I watched The Matrix too young or like falling down. I want to talk about The Matrix because actually I didn't watch The Matrix too young. I watched it too old. Oh. I have the opposite problem. I watched it when I was 26 for the first time. Oh, so that mobile phone would have seemed so (laughs) dated. That Nokia thing with the shoot down. Yeah, but I watched it, and I was my mind was literally blown. I mean, it was still blown. Okay, so having watched it recently, do you think they were onto something? Oh my god, yes. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I'm like full into any sort of like conspiracy theory about us being computer simulations, and like I definitely smoked too much weed as a kid, but like I seriously, and when I say kid, I mean teenager. Yeah. Computer. Who was on Joe Rogan? Elon Musk was on Joe Rogan talking about that recently. I don't know, but as soon as someone starts talking about that kind of stuff, I'm like all ears. I perk up. I'm like, that is definitely what's happening. What What do you think it is about a conspiracy theory that you like? I think it helps you make sense of things. Mm. And I think that's kind of, and it's also just fun. And it's also, (laughs) I just like to expand my mind. I really like anything that kind of like stretches my brain out a little bit. Yeah. That's why I love talking to weirdos, like weird people. Like my friend Yana and I were talking about who we like to date and she was like the weirder, the better. And I'm like, yes, I want somebody who's going to say something to me and make me be like, whoa. Say something to you that you've never heard before and yeah. wouldn't hear from someone else. That you wouldn't hear from somebody else. And I'm like, thank you for saying that. I don't know. So you like new and different? I like different. Yeah. yeah. I like I like out-of-the-box people. I like people who say controversial things. I like people who aren't afraid to, like, say stuff. I mean, we need to go on a night out because, <laughs> <We really do. laughs> like, I am just – I feel like I'm just such an open – book like I will literally tell anybody anything I don't even care Mm -hmm. because I just I have my mentality is like I have nothing to be ashamed about I don't Mm want to live with any sort of shame Mm. so I just say a lot of inappropriate things all the time (laughs) 
I think that I love that. Me too. I like it too. And I'll tell you, like talking about sex Mm -hmm. is like my favorite subject because it's so taboo, especially in Britain. Like, can I say Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Oh my God. Like you can't even say like anything without being like, what? My problem is, is that I have the mouth of a docker with the with the sensibility. Literally, I'm a prude at the same time. It's the weirdest. You're not a prude. Well, no. I mean, I'll, I talk the talk. Not well, I was talking to my friend Ruth yesterday, actually, and I was saying to her, and I was like, "You're looking at me like I just said something with," and you're like all freaked out by it. And she was like, "I can guarantee you, seventy five percent of the people in this room have not tried that." And I was like. <laughs> So you can fill in the blanks there, but I was like, you should try it, 100%. Uh, answers on a postcard <laughs> to the beautypodcast.gmail.com. What have I done? But like, I just, I, I really just feel like you've got one life. I want to feel happiness. I want to mm. feel pleasure. I want to feel even sometimes pain. Like, I just want to feel anything I can feel. I'm so sick of feeling numb. I felt numb my whole life growing up, and I just want to feel... Everything, all at once. Okay, so you're giving me John Cusack and Say Anything vibes. Okay. That reference is so showing my age. <laughs> but that, that again, is very interesting to me because what when you say you were numb, because mm. I feel like I've had a similar kind of mental numbness, What was it being buttoned up? Was it being too, not having confidence? I think I, from such a young age, even as young as six, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and thinking I was fat. That's like the first, one of my first memories. Mm. And I had the lowest self-esteem, the lowest confidence my entire teenage years. I never felt worthy enough to like go to a party and have fun. You know what I'm saying? And now I, now I, I, I'm just so, I'm not like narcissistic, but I just really value myself now Mm -hmm. to a point where it's like, I do deserve to go out on a Friday night and have a great time and dance with whoever I want to dance with and feel Mm -hmm. sexy. Like, and so now that I'm like, I'm just catching up on so much. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. So this is the question I want to ask you because I, I have exactly the same, the low self-esteem thing has been a very heavy anchor for me still is. But, um, what part has, putting yourself out there and receiving warmth and kindness from people played in in you building your self-confidence, if it has at all. What was the question? It's whether you put yourself out on on these platforms and your content and people responding to it positively. Well, something interesting about that is a lot of people have said to me over the years, you seem so confident, you seem so happy, and it's made me want to feel more confident Mm -hmm. and happy. And honestly, I was like, I don't don't even feel Mm -hmm. like that. You know, but it's, it's like, I started looking at things like I would meet somebody in the street and I would want them to have all of the positive stuff. I would want them to experience all that stuff. So why am I not letting myself mm-hmm. feel that? And it's, I literally just like broke through a wall and, um, yeah, it's been interesting. No, I think it, I feel it's, exactly it, the same. I, like I, 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 I know I like always talk about sex, but sex is so crucial to me because it's like. It's such a taboo subject and nobody really likes talking about it. And it's like, why? We all do it, hopefully, (laughs) if you're into it. And I just, I hate the feeling of women feeling like they shouldn't be uh, empowered by their own pleasure. That's Mm -hmm. my, this is like my new thing that I really want to focus on. Okay. Because it's, 
I hate that. I hate how somebody's like, oh, well, you know, my, my, like, I have a friend and she's just like, well, I don't really, I've never had an orgasm. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just discuss. I was like, has the guy that you've been hanging out with had an orgasm every time? Yes, he has. Okay. So why, I don't know. I just want to like flip that narrative Mm. a little bit. I'm just really interested in that because I think sexual pleasure is so much, it, it helps so much with other types of pleasure in your life too. It's okay. like ownership. I feel like it's like ownership. I'm like rambling, but it's like something that's really, I'm really passionate about right now. No, I completely, I, it, I understand the connection you're making. It's yeah. this, because there's a, an allowing yourself exactly. to experience pleasure. It's allowing yourself. That's exactly it. It's like, I am worth having sexual pleasure and I'm also worth having, you know, a good time. And I'm also worthy of having this and I'm worthy of having a good, healthy relationship and I'm worthy of having friendships. And Mm. it's just like, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, I am good enough. Which, and bring, I I know exactly what you're saying. I don't know about you. I'm going to put words into your mouth or or tell you my experience was I always used to make sure everyone else was okay. Right. So if somebody, if I was in a situation with somebody, it would be, are they enjoying it? Are they this? Are they that? Are they the other? And I've heard so many of my friends, female friends say the exact same thing about sex in that they want the other person to. There we go. And so it's, it's just a. Yeah. The symmetry and parallels there, isn't it? I love when I meet a guy who's worried about me. <laughs> that's my favorite kind of guy. I don't have a type. That's my type, though. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I want, I want the guy to give a shit. Yes. No, I just thought I was thinking about what your type might be, and then you said I don't have a type. I, I definitely like, don't have a type. Weird is my type. Weird. Yeah. I want to think that they could have just been dropped on Earth from Mars. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Well, I was out for dinner with a friend the other day and she said, you know what we should have been doing in your 20s and 30s? We should have been getting your heart broken. <laughs> because I've been so buttoned up and protecting myself from, from potential harm right. that, I've, that I now don't, I don't have the resilience. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's a bit like I need to get out there and get my heart broken. Or maybe I won't get my heart broken. Who knows? Like, Who knows? <laughs> I don't even know. The worst is when you actually like someone and you open yourself up to them and then it's like, doesn't go anywhere. And you're like, well, that was a waste of... Okay, but it's not a waste. No, I have to remind myself. It's not this is the thing. Let's talk about that because that there's definitely been situations where I think I really want to tell this person, but I have in every single situation bottled out. My problem is I tell the person... And then I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, my instincts are so honed that it's like <laughs> I know instantly if I like you or I don't like you, like a guy. Yeah. I instantly know. So I don't like to play games of like, oh, is he going to text me? Is he gonna? It's like, I like you. So do you like me? Because like, let's do this thing. Mm. But it's. Nick from Pixie Woo says something, basically says, don't play games. Just if you like someone, tell them you like them. I agree. Because. And it's that thing of, and it's a shift in thinking. And even though I, I need to actually pra- put it into practice, it's that shift in thinking, um, oh, what will happen if they don't like me back? And you worry about, oh, I'll feel so sad and I'll feel rejected. Or you can look at it another way and think, or I'll be free and open to go and fall for the next person. Well, that is so accurate. I was saying to my friend Claudia the other day, it's like, I just want to know, like, does this person like me or do you not? Because if you don't, let's all move on here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be sad a little bit for a minute, but, like, let's not waste... I mean, you know, girl's busy. <laughs> Thank you, next. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know. 
it's I am the wrong person to ask for dating advice because like I I have no idea. I am also the worst. Well, no, I think some in some ways maybe I'm really good because I'm so obje- I'm so displaced at the moment, being so out of practice. Right. Do, like, are you on like Tinder or Hinge or Raya or anything like that? Do you know, I applied to Raya. Yeah. And it just, the the uh, shame every month when I didn't make it, I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to come off this thing. <laughs> but I was on Bumble for a bit. Yeah. And um, yeah, I to be honest, I, I'm that person who's like, oh, I'll just meet someone organically. Yeah, you probably won't. Mm. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I literally go to the same coffee shop every day hoping I'm going to meet somebody. Do I? No. <laughs> I bring my dog, great conversation starter, nothing. Nothing. Crickets. Well, do you know what I do? I gave myself a bit of a talking to about this the other day because I was like, I think not, I think you're ready, but just, I don't, I think I've always feared getting hurt. Mm. And my head is in the place now where I think you can probably handle that better than you've ever been able to handle it. Absolutely. That's just like me building muscle, emotional (laughs) muscle. Um, Can I just say one weird thing? It's like when I eventually do get on a date, the guy's like, you probably have guys lining up at your door waiting to take you out. And I always find that, like, first of all, such a weird thing to say. And two, it's like, that's just so not true. But also, why don't I? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I don't understand it either. Like, I want to open my door and have, like, 20 dudes waiting for me. Like, yeah, but no, that that, that doesn't happen. No. Although if somebody does, uh, I was in the supermarket yesterday, and this guy looked me up and down, and I just assumed he was going to tell me my clothes were ugly. (laughs) They weren't. They were fine. But I walked away, and I thought, oh, maybe he that was, like, a thing. And I just gave him full-on bitch face. This is my (laughs) mentality towards this. Okay. If you think someone's checking you out, they're checking you out. If your <laughs> vajayjay is tingling, it's happening. When I'm being checked out in the supermarket? Uh, yeah. Oh. The best is eye sex on the underground. <laughs> what? I have been doing it all wrong. <laughs> hey, we really need to hang out more. <laughs> I get such a little um, adrenaline rush from eye sex. Am I allowed to be saying all this Do stuff? No, I don't you, even know if this is very inappropriate no, or what. <laughs> get it out there, girl. That's all I wanted to say. Eye you, sex. Eye sex. Well, okay. It's just when you say, look, it's, you're not going to get pregnant. 100%. You just look at each other and there's a vibe. And I mean, it's sometimes it's better than the real thing. Like, it's, it's fun. I haven't had it in a while. But, you know, if you can right, okay. meet the right... Right, okay. Better than the real thing. Let's That's just a lie. That. That's a lie. So <laughs> how many stops is good eye sex? <laughs> you need a good three to four stops. Three to good. So yeah. we're talking like a good 12 minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're sitting kind of across from each other. The tension. Oh, my God. Right. I live for that. Okay. Do you, believe in, do you believe in that? Because I definitely think there are um, charges between people. And yes. you can absolutely... And I remember I was talking to someone last summer and... They touched my arm and I sort of had to stop myself going, <laughs> and then I had dinner with Nadine Baggett that evening and she said, you know what that is, don't you? One of you's always got to be the receiver. She doesn't talk like that. <laughs> I actually haven't met Nadine either and I want to. Right. Apparently she likes me. Oh no, she does. Yeah, I like her too, but yeah. we. Better I, love that, I love that I know that she likes you and she's <laughs> not met you. Um, but yes, those charges are real. You can't make that up. Mm-hmm. No, it is that thing of, sorry, I just took a big gulp of water. Sorry, listeners, if you heard that. ASMR gone its way. Um, I, I do think that's definitely true. Like, you can just feel the... I love chemistry. Okay. 
Do both people always feel it? I I don't know, but like I always think if if I'm feeling it, they're feeling it. Mm-hmm. I just always think it's it can't be possible just for that's not true though. That's not because true. it's a funny it's a funny one, isn't it? Because real chemistry, mm-hmm. real real like the real good stuff. You're both you're both there. I think if you're feeling it in an intense way, they're feeling it too. Yeah, isn't it amazing when you meet someone and the chemistry is just off the chain and you're like yes, yes. It just it, it makes you smile a lot. Especially the next morning. <laughs> I have resting bitch face. I have the worst resting, resting bitch face. In fact, I do want to get Botox to relax it. Definitely. Um, but there's no... When, when you feel like someone fancies you, to use such a juvenile word, um, which I don't know whether it will translate across the Atlantic. What's the... Has a crush. Has a crush on yeah. you. Um, the the way it makes you just smile without even thinking. Everything's breezy. <laughs> Easy, breezy, like, beautiful. Yeah. Somebody fancies me. Okay. Cool. That's making my Tuesday afternoon a little more fun. Yes. Yeah. But I just think where I've come to, and it sounds like you're at the same place, which is very healthy, I think, is open to it, but not exactly. defined by it. And I think exactly like what people would probably get from this podcast is that I just want to have fun. Mm. I just want to have fun all the time. Mm. I want to have fun at work. I want to have fun in my life. I just, as, as often as I can have fun, I want to have it. Yes. And I think you said the thing about, you know, we only have this one life. And Jen Sincero, the author, came on the show the other day. And she's like, when you put it into perspective, we are a tiny little grain of sand on a rock that's hurtling around this massive... Mm-hmm. Cosmos. I would rather think somebody thought I was a little crazy or like a little, I don't even know. I would mm. rather somebody think that about me than me feel like I have to like button myself up a bit. Yes. I don't want to feel like that ever. No, I, yeah. And that's definitely something I'm working towards and need to like, I work on all the time. And also I read this incredible article I shared it on Instagram the other day. I'll send you the link if you want to be depressed about climate change. Oh, and God. it just makes you think. Right, I need to buy the shoes. I need to get the expensive makeup. <laughs> I mean, we're all doomed. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you look at the data, but I just, it, it's just another thing that helps with that perspective of don't sweat the small stuff and don't worry about what that person thinks about you or don't worry about that negative comment. Breathe. Yeah. As and long just as think. you're being like a nice person, mm. the rest I'm, I'm into. I, I don't like mean people. I don't like people who are dickheads. I don't like jealousy. I don't like any of that stuff. As long as you're fun, you can be fun and crazy, but not mean and crazy. I don't mm-hmm. like any meanness. How does one navigate a social media platform? Because I struggle with this without feeling jealousy. I'll be, I'll be really honest. I definitely get triggered. Yeah, it's hard not to, right? Mm. But I also just think like... Well, that's what they're doing. I that's not what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. I'm also doing this. I'm doing that, and I I just think it comes from a place of security. Almost, it's like I don't know, but it is very hard. Sometimes I see stuff, and I'm like, I. It's mostly like I really need to get my shit together. I a hundred percent agree. It whenever I have the jealousy thing go up, I'm like, right, this is. This is because you're not taking care of business somewhere. Exactly. It's not that you're jealous of the thing they're doing. It's that you're kind of mad at yourself for yes. not, you know, ha- living at your to your full mm-hmm. potential. Yeah. But then there, that's hard too because it's like, well, when do you stop pushing yourself? When can you just take five? Self-care, 
versus, you know, all this ambition stuff that everybody's kind of throwing at you all the time. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I just, sometimes I just want to take a day off like today. Mm. Like today I'm, I've got a lot of incoming emails and it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm just not going to do that today. Sorry. And isn't it wonderful when you do take a step back and you do think, you know what, that person can wait for a reply. And then you do get back to them 24 hours later and nothing bad happened. And they probably didn't even (laughs) notice. Like sometimes I'll have deadlines and I force myself to make these deadlines and I get there and I send it in. And then like four days later, I'll I'll get a response. It's like, thanks a lot for sending that. Yeah, yeah. No, I... I know exactly what you mean. You're like, this is really important, therefore I should give it my full attention immediately. Right. It's like deadlines are deadlines, but are they? What kind of school (laughs) did you go to? Did you go to, was it strict? No, I went to like a pretty (laughs) average suburban Canadian school. Oh, see, I think I'm buttoned up because it was such a strict, it was quite a strict school. It was quite tough terrain. I hated school. I skipped school a lot. (gasps) I wish I had. I was like really over it. What didn't you like about it? Everything. Mm. I hated everything about it. (laughs) Except the learning. I liked learning things, but I really just hated being around that many people. I hated having to, oh, I hate having to be at a certain place at a certain time, like all day. Yes. Talking about the commute, like the commuting into a job thing. It was that thing of now what? And now that I'm freelance and you realize that you don't need to be yeah. in the same place at the same computer for eight hours with one hour break That's in order so to true. be productive. Some people love that structure, though. Yes, and all power and I, to And I meet you. those people all the time, and I'm like, that's, yeah. And it's just, it's about knowing what you're into. And I, I always kind of tell people, it's like, if you know that you don't like that structure, create a job for yourself that doesn't have that structure. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, obviously, it's a little harder than just doing that. But it's mm-hmm. like, think about ways you can have a lifestyle that you want you know, yeah. Tim Ferriss in Four Hour Work Week talks about like negotiating a different um, working working hours, like a, yeah. like more flexible working time, but measuring your productivity alongside it so that you can show results. For sure. I mean, you can't just like dick around all week, <laughs> you know. But it's like I I really love the idea of like a four day work week. Yes. Like I think you can actually be more productive like that. Agreed. And even with my assistant, I'll be like, yeah, you can work from home today and there's not really much to do. So I don't know, do a yoga class or whatever. And she's like, oh, I feel really bad about doing that. I'm like, this is your time. Like, Mm. I want you to come into work on Monday or whatever and be excited to be here. Mm -hmm. And I just know the way I work is if somebody's working me from eight till six every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Mm. I'm not going to like my job very much. Mm. Yeah. And I, yeah. I agree with you. It can just be, I have done those jobs and I will, with whatever work I'm doing, I will always give it 100% to the point where I will work more hours than I'm paid for. I will work weekends and I will do all of that stuff and I will care so much. And now the fact that it's my own business and not someone else's feels much better. Yeah. But that has not happened overnight. There's actually this thing outside Shortage Grind right now, the coffee shop, and it says kind of care, kind of (laughs) don't. And I walked past it yesterday. I was like, God, that's, there's nothing that's ever been more me. But it makes it seem like I'd never work, but I, I actually work a lot. <laughs> but I just work weird hours. Like, I don't sleep. I have insomnia. So sometimes at, like, 2 in the morning, I'm, I'm working. Like, Okay, now we, need, we do need to work on that because I, I'm the same, and I've had to really school myself out of being an insomniac. I hate it. I used to get up. I used to be so well-trained. I would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning wake up every, like clockwork, 
and watch Dance Mums. That's something to look forward to. Well, <laughs> in the I middle just, of the night. <laughs> I don't, but it was, but it was making it really un. It was, it was really unhealthy. Do you see Ross Barr, the acupuncturist? Oh my god, that's the second time I've spoken about him this week. Okay, no, <coughs> excuse me. No, but we again, Ross Barr and I know a lot of people in common, and I nearly went to go and see him once I was booked in, and he had to cancel for for very valid reasons. But um, so many people say he is. Why? I love him. <coughs> for acupuncture. For acupuncture, for life advice, for just a bit of reprieve. He's great. I I've fe- heard. Yeah. I feel like I honestly do his PR. He doesn't ever need a publicist because all of his clients love him so much. <laughs> um, he's great. And anyway, he helped me back in the day, helped me sleep a lot. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, again, I don't know if it's a placebo. I don't really care. When I decided when I decided to start helping myself, I went to I remember going to see the nutritionist, nutritional therapist, sorry, Eve Kalinic, who's been on this show, who's amazing. Love her to bits. And I said, Oh, and tomorrow I'm gonna go and see um a TCM, a Chinese doctor, about uh and she went, Well, just just be careful about not throwing money at every single solution out there. Just like and she was right, because I was beginning to like tether myself to lots of different life rafts and some of them were yanking in different directions. But I went to go and see this TCM and he did acupuncture and he also cricked my neck, did that thing. God, that feels good. And one of my vertebrae was sticking right out, the top one. And he didn't speak very good English and so he got this this book and he was like, mental breakdown, nervous breakdown, if this thing is out of whack. And he... I swear to goodness, I walked to his practice and I was sort of, you know, hunched shoulders and very, very low. And I walked out of there like Judd Nelson at the end of The Breakfast Club. It was unbelievable. So I placebo and he also did a bit of acupuncture as well. I really want to watch The Breakfast Club now. Um, but I have another thing I want to say about it. I don't know how we're doing on time because I can talk and talk and talk. We're good. We've got the, we, we actually have the studio for another 90 minutes. <laughs> well, how long is this podcast going to be? Because, oh, my God. But, yeah, there is a there is a point, an acupuncture point, that isn't used very often. But it, it is an entire body, mind, soul reset. Now, Wait, what? Where do you think this point is? And, and Ross said he's only done it like twice in his entire career. Honestly, I went in there. I was like, "You're gonna need to do it today because I'm having a week." It's either <laughs> he your, wouldn't do it. It's either your belly button or up your ass. Bit of both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the point between your bum and your taint. It's your taint. Okay. <laughs> Some people don't know the word taint, so I was like, "Can I say taint?" Yes. Where? What? Where? Perineum. Is that what it is? I'm now going to show myself up. Uh, yeah, the bit between the bits. Yeah, the your bit taint. between the bit and the bit. Yeah. So that's where it is. And you stick a needle in that. Yeah, you do. Yikes. And I want it. (laughs) I want it. I want a soft. That's a hard reset. That's not a soft reset. That's like hold down both buttons, turn it off and on. (laughs) So many questions and only one mouth. (laughs) Um, Wait. Okay, so he has done it. He's done it. I think he said he's done it twice in his life. (laughs) I don't know. But I met someone who had it. That's the only reason I know. Right. This is this is where the story needed to move on to. What did they say? They and said how was it, it was that feeling of like, <sighs> somebody rammed a needle in my date. <laughs> I would definitely feel different <laughs> afterwards. I mean, to be fair, the needles are small. <laughs> no, I know they are. 
<laughs> but yeah. I'm all for these experiences. Like, I really want to do ayahuasca at some point in my life. Me too. Yeah. I was talking, in fact, we can talk about, we can take this offline because I was talking to somebody who knows about a very good and trusted retreat because you have to, you have to have right. the right. Well, I just did a podcast actually on my show um, with my friend On the Yenna, line with Estee Lalonde. On the line with Estee Lalonde. Uh, with Yenna, who is um, gel cream, and she did ayahuasca and she was talking about it, which is I mean, I've, I've been considering it for a long time. I don't think I'm there yet, but I would like to do it at some point in my life, yeah. It's one of those things from what I, from the person that I was speaking to that's become, it's something that's been happening for years, but it's become kind of a thing. gooped. Yeah. For want yeah. of a better expression, no offense, Gwyneth, because um, from everything I've heard, you seem really cool. Um, but it's it's become a little bit too mainstream, and it's about not going in that route. It's right. about finding the people who actually... Well, Yeah. Off to Peru we go. Yes. No, but I, so what if, why do you want to do ayahuasca? Like I said earlier, I'm just all about any type of mind expansion. But are you, not that you have to say what the answers are, but are you looking for answers? Do you have questions? Because like, I've heard, I've heard say that you go in with questions and that they sort of, they come to you in the months afterwards. Right. The answers. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, that's probably why I haven't done it yet because I don't actually have like specific mm. questions. But I'm, I mean, I probably I could if I really sat down and thought about it, I'm sure I could find something yeah. deep within the depths that I was wondering about. Well, the person I was speaking to was we also had this um, lengthy conversation about the use of psychotropics and psychedelics for the treatment of PTSD and depression and right. things like that. So I, I and there's loads of funding in the States. Tim Ferriss is doing a lot of work with that. There's this new movie that he's promoting. Um, so I think that's going to be a really big thing mm. moving forward. And I'm very interested because the benefits seem to be yeah. massive. That's why I just think it's just about going down a safe route if right. you do it. If anyone listening has done ayahuasca in safe quarters, please please email the show and let us know because I'd be really interested. Um, what other experiences do you want to um, find yourself having in the next few years, in the coming time? Well, this is, I don't know if this is really as exciting as ayahuasca, but I really want to go surfing. Okay. I'm thinking for my birthday this year. But, yeah. I just, or or like, I don't know if I have it in me, but like bungee jumping or something. Like, I just want to just scream, you know? I want to have something like that. Do you feel like, do you just feel like you've got the keys? And it's like, this is life now. Uh-huh. And I'm going to live it. I, that's such a good way to, God, you're good. <laughs> you're good. That's exactly it. It's like I've been hot wiring my own car for my entire life. And now I've got... Somewhere I just found the keys. Finally found those keys. And I'm I don't see it I don't see myself stopping. And I'm I you know what? And I have like a gas tank that just keeps refilling itself. Yeah. It feels like that. And I mean I'm sure it's gonna stop at some point. And your life ain't no hybrid. It's like a proper like oh, yeah. gas guzzling fast. Yeah. But actually my life is kinda calm too. Like in mm-hmm. the week, I don't do anything. Monday to Friday I'm at home every night by myself. Pretty much, mm. unless I go out for dinner with somebody. But, like, that's what keeps me sane because I travel a lot. Yes. Um, so, yeah, during the week, I don't really like to mess around too much. I'll, I might go to, like, my local wine place and have a glass of wine, but I won't go out, out, out. What is your wine of choice? I love anything red. I do, I do favor a red. A rosé in the summer. Yeah, why not? I maybe see anything but Chardonnay. 
Now, I have an ABC in my friends group, ABC, it but it, it's, wine, it's it? not bad. It's always bring condoms. Oh. <laughs> like, if my friend's, like, going on a date, I'll be like, ABC. <laughs> it's a joke, but seriously. No. Protection. Wrap it up. Yeah. Be safe, always. I grew up in the, and again, being a little bit older than you, I don't know if it would you'd remember, but like MTV, I grew up on MTV and also in the era where every single ad break between videos was just all about safe sex, HIV, yeah. condoms. And so it was just, and also the storyline on, um, yeah, Beverly Hills 90210 was like the, the um, Brenda and Dylan and how she wouldn't sleep with him until he'd had a test. Right. That was like stuff that we talked about at school. Like, oh my God, you have to get somebody to get tested before you have sex with them. God. I mean, my mom thinks like this generation is just like rabbits. She just like can't believe how much sex everybody's having. Seriously. Well, that's what she's saying. I mean, maybe that's <laughs> not a great reflection on what I'm telling her. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, that's what she thinks. But it's just like, I love that it's a little more open now. I'm yeah. into it. I think it's cool. But it's like... I don't, I don't believe in all this shouldn't have sex on the first date, got to wait five dates, don't wait, do wait, don't wait. Ugh. I'm just a big believer in do what feels right. Yeah. And the thing is, is if, like... I realize you didn't ask me my opinion on that. And I just no. blurted it out. Very happy that you gave me your opinion on that. It's, <laughs> it's about knowing what you can handle. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> it's about knowing your boundaries and like if you do sleep with that person on the first day and they never contact you again know that you'll be fine and yeah not, you'll be fine like it's just how some guys are and you're never gonna or it's how some girls are like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. it's like sometimes it's the other way around and it's like the guy will be like yeah but we had sex so I just kind of assumed it's like, no I just felt like it and I don't want to talk to you anymore <laughs> <laughs> gosh God, I have been doing it wrong <laughs> I, I don't really do that game anymore, but like, you know, back in the day, a year ago, I was all about the, the craziness. I like this. We need to one put this more over tequila. Well, it's just amazing like how you need to sometimes get stuff out of your system, you know? And I think that's okay. I really like that message of just like, if you need to be a little wild or whatever, like just do it. Yes. And I, yes. And I do think as well, having conversations I feel very good about having had lots of conversations about things like anxiety and depression on this show because I think the more you talk about it, the less stigma there is. And the same with you, I think, about sex. You're Apparently, like, we, we yeah. have to talk about it because there's, there shouldn't be a stigma. It's completely fine. It's, it's why are we choosing to do it and not talk about it? Exactly. We all want to be having better sex, don't we? Raise your hand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, so, okay. Yes. I should, I should, I gotta make a video about this kind of stuff. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Now, we've come to the end of our time together. There's honestly like, there really is like a fudge ton. Look at me, see? Prude. <laughs> fudge ton. <laughs> it, do you know what? It's because my friend said to me, you don't really swear on your podcast. And I was like, it's because my dad listens. Oh my God. Don't let your dad listen to this. No, I sent, I censor myself because I, he, he just doesn't like me saying swear words. But yeah, there's a fuck ton of stuff that I could talk to you about. Um, but I think we should maybe do that another time. I think that's probably for the best. And that's the thing about podcasts. You know, you you just forget that there are people listening. <laughs> and now I'm literally thinking about everything I just said. And I was like, 
okay, I stay. No, you're in a you're in a safe place, and I do think the thing I take away from it, and I'm guessing the thing that some listeners will take away from it too, is ownership and being your own boss in life and in work, whether that's relevant. And actually, it's really lovely to hear somebody just calling the shots and standing for what you believe in and just being like, yeah, this is me. If I fuck up, that's fine. If I don't, that's good too. It's all part of this crazy life that I'm on and I'm down. I think that's that's what I definitely get from this. Cool. cool. Well, if that's how I'm coming across, then I'm happy with that. <laughs> all of Estee's social media links will be in the show notes the websites the youtube channels the instagram the podcast um and yeah we should definitely do this again we should get jules involved yes we should Should we get we get jules and one other around this table yeah because we have four mics listeners and maybe we'll get some margaritas involved. i make a great margarita it seems like you do i really do um thank you so much for listening thank you for being here thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be on your show so excited yay Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast. If you want to get in touch with me, it really couldn't be easier. Just drop me an email to thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or slide into my DMs on social media where I'm at Emma Gums on Twitter and Instagram. For a conversation with me and other listeners of the show, just click the link in the show notes to the closed Facebook group. You do have to answer a couple of questions, otherwise I'm afraid you're not allowed in. But um, we are having some big chats about all sorts, and it's also the place where I ask people to submit questions for future guests, so you do get some sneaky previews about the guests and shows that are coming up. Thank you once again for listening. It really does mean a lot to me. I cannot wait to see you on the next one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.